Ready, Miles? Ready. Are you guys ready? Huh? Yeah. Here we go. Coffee Cafe! Coffee Cafe! <laughs> hello, everyone, and hello, Miles. What's up, Jason? So, Miles, you remember the Palm Coffee Bar here in Burbank, right? Absolutely. One of It's one of our local favorites. Yes. Uh, they always have such flavorful coffee. And I was talking to Joanna, the owner, and we were talking about what makes coffee so good. And, of course, she said, well, yes, the beans. And they use equator beans there, which is uh, we, one of our favorites as well. And it's also important of how you make the coffee. And it was very interesting. Then she tells me, well, you know, you can do the same thing at home. And I was like, really? You can? Which is good, <laughs> working from home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is perfect for me. Tell me more, Two please. Cups a day. So, if you're a coffee fan and you're, if you're listening to the show, you definitely are. Yep. This is going to change your coffee mornings for the better. I guarantee it. This episode is all about how to make coffee shop coffee at home and how to make sure you get good coffee when you go out to a coffee shop. And for me, I'm always looking for a tip or two uh, that will make my home brewed coffee even better. I don't know about you, Miles, but it's it's important to me. Oh, you don't have the best coffee? (laughs) Not yet. I'm still working on it, but this Uh, is why we're doing this show. And and even though you and I know a thing or two about coffee, today we're in luck because our guests know three, four, maybe more things about coffee than we do. And so welcome to the show from Equator Coffees and Teas, Tara Samuelson and Ori Tuller. I said that right, right? Yes. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So welcome to the show. And to tell our audience, you guys can prepared. This is this is fantastic, and I think everybody should travel this way with a box full of all the equipment you need to make amazing coffee. Do you walk around like that all the time? Not walk around, but my car is fully loaded at all yeah. times, ready to go. Anything well, you may need is in my car. All yeah. right. <laughs> this is fantastic. Well, first of all, you brewed us some amazing coffee, and to uh, brag a little bit, you brought the uh, Holiday Blend from Equator, which hasn't been released, right? This We're like one of the first people to try it. Yep. A few days ahead. Woo! Yes. We feel special. (laughs) Well, we're going to share what what you guys did here with everybody in a minute. But before we do, let's talk about you guys. Totally. Uh, So, Tara, you've been in the business for eight years, right? And you've been with Equator now for three years as the area manager for Los Angeles, right? Yes. And uh, and then, Ori, you've been uh, in the business for, what, five years, right? About five years, yeah. And how long have you been with uh, Equator? Uh, A little over two. Two years. So what is it about coffee and the love of coffee? What connected you guys to coffee to make it a big part of your life? Oh, great question. Thank you. Community. (laughs) Community. Yeah. What does that mean, community? Um, Well, previously before I was in the coffee industry, um, I was in the music industry, and uh, there was no community. It was just kind of out for yourself, and it didn't feel good, and it felt very lonely. And then I was introduced to coffee and the people that you meet and, and the the family that you make is pretty great. And then on top of that, you get to make coffee. <laughs> so the coffee industry is more communal and 100%. people help each other more than, than in the music industry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I was also very young when I was in the music industry. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people who are really happy in it, um, but I found my happiness by making coffee and serving coffee and meeting the people who also do it. But you love the coffee, right? Absolutely. Geek out over it all the time. <laughs> and, and Tara, I mean, what was it that connected you with coffee to make it part of your life? Yeah. Um, I think for me, it was a little bit more about like the craftsmanship behind it oh. um, and the idea of using my hands on a daily basis to to make a drink, craft it. 
Um, and kind of similar with community for me, it was a lot about like kind of helping people. So, you know, in a weird way, your barista could just be like that person you see every day who just says hello. Mm-hmm. Um, in many ways, you could be people's therapist. You could be people's <laughs> outlet. Right. Um, you could be people's excuse to, you know, do some like go out and be part of something bigger than themselves. Um, so whether it's been in retail or in wholesale, I found that I've been able to help people along the way. Mm-hmm. Um as well as always maintaining that craftsmanship of creating something with my hands. Well, I noticed too when you were on. when you were grinding the coffee that you would you guys would put it in your hands and 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 take a close look at it and make sure that you had the right grind. And I'd say that that's a few steps farther than me. I'd kind of just turn it to the right number and, <laughs> and then trust the machine. So you've already given me something to aspire to with uh with really knowing what you're doing there. Well, and and but you were before this before what you're doing now. You were baristas. You've been in all facets of the business, right? Absolutely. Um, that must have helped you uh, to get where you are now and where you're going in coffee, right? Absolutely. Huge, huge. I think, you know, um, both Ori and I, and then we have another team member as well. We've all worked in stores before. And so it's great to have that ground base level education and experience mm-hmm. to as we move up and work in different facets of coffee, right? We can always relate to the core and at the end of everything which we do, which is serving coffee. And we're in a lot of cafes, you know, as wholesalers. So it's important that we know what it's like to be where they are. And that's where our empathy and our patience really shines. Mm -hmm. And it really helps us help them. So you're going beyond the advice of just the the coffee itself and, and helping them with the whole shop process. Yeah, yeah, that's something in particular we do at Equators. We we help um, with like services in regards to like bar layout, menu development, but then also again, coming back to having worked in stores before, like Ori and I could be like, oh yeah, this is what you do when you have a customer who wanted this, but they got this, or this is what you, you know, little things like that. You guys are partners in crime, is that the deal? I think so. I'd say so. <laughs> We're missing a third though. Oh, you're yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just the two of us for a while. Almost two years, yeah, you're Almost two years, and then we brought in Kirsty, who's, she fits in perfectly. She's amazing. Oh. More like a Charlie's Angel kind of thing. Oh, really? (laughs) Charlie's Angels love coffee. Three Musketeers. We're going to make this Very different personalities. We all look very differently, but we work super well together. All right. Well, I know at the Palm, they were telling me that if something goes wrong or they need desperate help, you're there, uh, which is it's amazing. I mean, I don't think in any business or <laughs> you get that kind of service. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty spectacular. And, and because you're so experienced in what you do, it's easy for you to just hop on in and help them out, right? Yeah, definitely. There's been, I think we've definitely, as wholesale account managers, have always had moments where you show up for just a regular check-in and yeah. somehow you find yourself there for two hours actually behind <laughs> the bar. Yep. Are you sure that it's not something that they can, well, you know, if we call them up, <laughs> yeah. we're short-staffed today, but yeah. let's call for some extra, some extra beans. We'll the espresso yeah. machine. The grinder's really off. Yeah. It's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> While you're here. Yeah, right. <laughs> so let's talk about how uh, Equator fits into this uh, equation, so to speak. Other than they recruited you and it's a great gig to get, what is it about Equator that keeps you there? Um, at least for me, I'd probably say it's like what's behind the bag and what's beyond the bean on this one. Oh. You know, it's not, I mean, we have fantastic tasting quality um, coffee, but we have so many initiatives behind our coffee. So, you know, for example, um, we're Benefit Corp certified company, which means we take a lot of initiatives um, to make ourselves socially, environmentally, and economically sustainable. And a lot of that has to do with our buying practices. So we have a lot of coffees where, you know, if you 
buy this bag. There's a 10 cents or $1 or whatever premium that goes to X, Y, and Z foundation, stuff like that. Um, you know, when we're just really thoughtful and I think so many of the processes in the company, mm -hmm. whether it be in the roasting, the buying with our baristas in store, wholesale, all of that, um, we're seeing ways we can advance it by also helping and empowering others. I'll let go it. Uh, but alongside, I mean, it comes back to community. We have got a really great company that we work for. Um, we've got great owners who really do care. And it's it's nice to work for people who want to help other people and help you grow and be better. It's refreshing. Yeah. I well, think it's pretty great that you can call your CEO and she'll pick up. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't do it, but I know she would. Wow. Yeah. Let's call her right now. <laughs> She'll pick up and talk for the yeah. next three hours. Really? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Okay. I'm not saying do it, but... No, yeah. Where's the phone? <laughs> She's wonderful. Well, so the, uh, that's Helen uh, Russell and Brooke McDonald, right? Those yeah. are the, the two founders. Mm -hmm. And just so that our audience understands, they originally owned a coffee shop, and uh, I believe Brooke said, hey, you know, I want to know a little bit more about these beans and where we're getting them, and I want to find ways to pay it back to the people who are working in the, in the bean industry. And so they decided, why don't we actually start a roasting company. And then uh, now, Equator has its own farm, right? And what starts at the farm ends up in our cup and it all affects flavor at the end, right? So yeah. uh, what is it about Equator that, uh, that makes the process unique and how it ends up in the bag being so amazingly delicious? Uh, I would probably say how we source. Aha. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, coffee is just as complex as wine where... Um, you know, the soil, the altitude, how it's grown, the type of varietal that's used. And when we say varietal, we mean like, um, they're almost like apples, right? Um, so there's a gala apple, there's a this. So we have right. katura, katui, different things like that. Um, all of those come into play. So for us, you know, we're, we're looking at every single bean and we're looking at that growing type um, where it was you know, how it was harvested, all of those things. And so they come into factor as to, you know, in the end product. And then of course, when we take the beans back, how we roast them, right. that's a huge process of it as well. So all these steps are vital to how it ends up on in my cup, right? Yes, definitely. You could have a great coffee at origin and then if you just don't roast it properly, then it doesn't matter. Right, and does Equator do blends and single origin or? Yeah, we it, do both. Okay. Yeah. Single origin being if you really want like a distinct flavor of one particular farm or bean and then blending to get like the, just sort of the right dark, do you usually blend like dark light or are there special formulas that you guys use for figuring out like why you would blend something or is it just experimentation? Blends are usually consistent. They are put together to make a great flavor that you know you're gonna get. I see. And it's great for wholesale and for our accounts because that gives them the ability to kind of manipulate something that you know is gonna be good um, but it gives them that flexibility at the same time. Sure. So if I'm uh, at the grocery store or at a place where I can buy coffee beans and I have a choice between single origin and blend, in most cases, if I just want that same flavor all the time, I'm going to pick the blend and know that no matter what time of year, it's going to taste pretty much the same. If that's what you're saying? Basically, yeah. Yeah. All coffee is seasonal. Right. And not all the blends are going to be the same origins but it's gonna have that same flavor profile. Oh, okay. Um, I think single origins are great 
for certain purposes and blends are great for certain purposes. Blends are a lot more consistent. Right. So they're easier, right? And, and you want regulars and regulars are looking for something for the most part pretty consistent. Yeah. Um, single origins are more of a wild card, mm-hmm. right? Because there's, there's no, not hiding anything, but you know, you're going to get what you're going to get out of them. So of course we're going to take, you know, do our due diligence to get the best ones we can at that farm level and then roast it to the best of our ability. But they're temperamental. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I I think having both those options just makes it really accessible for anyone, whether it's wholesale, retail, either way. um, It just makes it really accessible for people who are looking for certain things. We're able to give them that. All right. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And then it comes down to uh, the knowledge and experience of how to actually do something with the bean once you have that final product, right? Because a lot of times you go to a coffee shop or two coffee shops and they have the same exact bean and you go from one to the other and they taste completely different. Why is that? Education. Uh (laughs) My job. As Uh you point to all your tools. (laughs) Implements. Well, I think there's this like idea that you, you, put coffee in a thing and it gives it to you and then you serve it. Right. And it's going to taste the same. A lot of people at home, they have a coffee machine, they just put the coffee in and then whatever comes out, comes out. And it's it's no one's fault. I mean, it's just an education part that a lot of people are missing. Uh-huh. And I think that's why you'll see those vast differences between coffee shops. No one can do anything well unless they're trained and they're educated on okay. what they're doing. Right. And it's not that complicated, right? I mean, it's, it's not, not. It's not rocket science. <laughs> the education takes a little bit of time, but then once you learn it, it you know, there's not. It doesn't seem like there's a huge difference between doing it the right way and then doing it in a way that is is a little less thoughtful. Right? It can be very intimidating. Um, yeah, I know. I almost didn't go into the coffee industry because I didn't know if I could get to that level. Oh wow! But then you do. <laughs> you, you get you get trained and you get educated yeah. and. You know what you're supposed to do and what you're looking for, and and then you, a week later you're like, wow, I get it, and then you end up here. Okay, <laughs> on this podcast here, no, huh? yeah. teaching others. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about that education because you are the specialist in this. What is the difference between good coffee and maybe not so good coffee? Um, I mean, there's a lot of factors, but also, you know, what is to judge, like what is good coffee and what is bad coffee, Uh right? I mean, I'm a full advocate that there is no wrong way to drink coffee. (laughs) You want cream or sugar? You want five of each? That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, no problem. So, I mean, I would probably say it comes down to, if you want to get as technical as possible, it, it, we, you know, coffee is scored. So, you know, we have two different main types of coffee. There's Arabica and there's Robusta. Right. Robusta is like um, what we see in instant coffee. Arabica is a uh, little less yield, higher grade, less caffeine, but more flavor, things like that. And right. so our coffee is 100% Arabica, but so is McDonald's. Aha. But within Arabica, there is a grading scale. Okay. Right. And so it's based off points and typically specialty coffee is 80 points and above. Okay. So, you know, what could be bad coffee for one person could be like Arabica to Robusta or it could be within the two Arabicas. It, it's just based on what you determine good or bad coffee is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then uh, let's talk about coffee shops in general. So you go to a coffee shop. We talked a little bit about that one's different than the other, but let's say you go to two coffee shops where you have the same beans and um, trained baristas. Why is it different in most cases? For me, it's execution. It's the same thing, like yeah. with restaurants. You can have two restaurants across the street from each other, yeah. get the same type of steak, but at the end of the day, one burns it, one perfectly cooks it, uh-huh. and 
That's that, so it just comes down to execution. And if I go to a coffee shop and I just want a latte, what's the difference between a latte that has milk, maybe sugar in there and stuff, and I go to a, another place that has the same latte but with a different bean, maybe this time it has equator beans. What is the difference? Am I, am I getting anything different out of there when I have milk and I add all the things that you add to the coffees? Again, I think it comes down to that execution. Yeah, it's, just, that's what it's I was execution. Yeah. It's yeah. a balance of uh, coffee fl- uh, to milk. And is that what you're saying? I mean, if you're training someone, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what would you tell them? All right, for a latte, this. Oh, I can't. That's the that's Oh, well, we can't. Re- <laughs> All right, maybe not specific. <laughs> do you plan on opening a coffee shop sometime? No. Yeah, you should. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> we, we will. We uh, were talking about how easy it is to open a coffee <laughs> shop <that's right>. earlier. <laughs> um, you know, it, it comes, I think, I mean, at the core of a latte, cappuccino, Gibraltar, whatever beverage you get is espresso. Right. And espresso is just coffee and water. And that's probably the most difficult thing to get right because you're working with grinders, you're working with espresso machines, which have to deal with pressure. And then you're also dealing now with several variables that go into play. So there is a difference. I mean, even with all the sugar and all this, there is a difference. You you can taste it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. You can have all of the best things, the best coffee, Mm -hmm. the best milk but it really comes down to what they did with it, how they serve that to you. All right. From your guys' vantage point, do you see any big trends that coffee shops are, are heading towards that we should keep our eyes open for in the next, like, five, ten years? Or can you guys tell the future? <laughs> uh, can't <laughs> tell them if only. If only. I'm Look into your that. crystal ball. <laughs> um. Yeah, there's a few things. I would actually say pour overs are becoming less popular mm-hmm. and people are going for batch brewers again. So oh. like probably seven to five years ago, everyone just like got rid of their batch brewers and it was all about the pour over, um, which certain places like Blue Bottle still do and they do an amazing job with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the you know pendulum kind of swings and now we're coming back to batch brewers again where a lot of people actually have both. They'll have a pour over for like their single origin option, but they have a batch brewer. Mm. Um, and the technology behind batch brewers has gotten amazing. Oh, so really? because of it, yeah, what was once just like you know, coffee, water pour over it. Maybe you'd integrate some pulses. Now we can make brewers as comprehensive as a pour over. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I also think that you can take one of your old school brewers and if you just calibrate it right and you have the right coffee, you can still make an amazing cup of coffee. Hmm. I love batch brewers. I love quality control on batch brewers because you just take something that you don't think is going to give you the same quality as a pour over, yeah. but you can if you manipulate it the right way. And, and it gives the baristas their two hands again. And for our audience, can you explain just simply uh, what, uh, what you mean by batch brewer? They're like your at-home brewer, uh-huh. but much, much bigger. So I guarantee there's, I mean, there's always one at a coffee shop, but they're like not the most attractive things in the world. <laughs> if you order um, drip. Yeah. It is batch brew. Yeah. All right, there you yeah. go. So it's, it's probably big old square in the back corner. Yeah, <laughs> or if you go to a diner and you get diner coffee, uh-huh. it's coming from a batch, batch brew. And All right, those are you. amazing. <laughs> Love diner coffee. So, but you're making the point is that you can have all the best tools uh, but you don't need them. You can make amazing coffee without the espresso machine, with you know, with Absolutely. with, with a, just a, a pitcher of hot water and, and a filter. Almost, you can do it. Absolutely, and everybody has their preferences for sure. Yeah. Like. You have distribution tools that take your espresso and that distributes it evenly. Right. Um, and that was making a hit on the market for a couple of years. And now you're seeing a lot of people not use them. 
Aha. They're going back to their hands to do it. It's kind of like cooking, you know, right? It's an art. It is an art. And obviously scales and distribution tools and the, the right... Um, kettle. Kettle. <laughs> <laughs> totally forgot what I was doing. <laughs> you can have all those right things, but... You know, there's a beauty to having your hands on them. The drinking it is a ritual, but then the making it can be one. Well, there's a val- there's an art in making things consistent, right? There, oh, the, yeah. yeah, there's an art, in ma- it, just as much as it is an art to make it as out there and different, like on a pour over. And the, I mean, when I go to coffee shops, that's what I'm looking for. I don't want to go one time and get yeah right a cup of coffee that was beautiful and then go again, and it's not. And I mean, I'll continue to go because I. Faith in everyone and everything. Um, yeah. Well, I'd rather have a good cup of batch brew than a bad or okay cup of pour over. Uh-huh. Just yeah, you're also yeah, paying just like four dollars yeah. more for <laughs> for what? Oh, we're, we're all right. This is this is great information. So we can save money now too. Or we'll put that in your funk wagon. Uh, I think there is a beauty to pour overs, all right. especially with certain coffees. Mm-hmm. Your single origins. Yeah. If we go back to that. All right. Um, so I think there's a purpose to both. It's just how you prioritize that. So if you have at home a regular coffee maker, which essentially is a batch brewer, just a small, not a mm-hmm. batch, just a brewer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you're set. I mean, you've got the tool that you really need for uh, a blend of medium or dark roast. That's what you're saying, right? Totally. Absolutely. You can do light roast too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you can do any of them. Okay. My mom was like, I want an espresso machine. I was like, why? <laughs> you don't need one at home. No? No. Oh, well, now you've just ruined my plans. No, no. <laughs> why can't I have an espresso machine? That goes machine? support your local barista for That, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I think you should get a fantastic way to make coffee, whether that's pour over a brewer yeah. at home. Right. But- yeah, go support your coffee shop. Yeah. I would even <laughs> no, say baristas who have the ability to get an espresso machine don't. still don't. We'd really? like, no, no, no. We'll just go to a coffee shop you, and have someone else do it. Are you a- telling me that you guys don't have an espresso machine at home? Hard to believe. I know. Nope. Nope. Really? Not a coffee hall no. or coffee room. I have maybe 8,000 different versions of pour overs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I want to get a little crazy. <laughs> Yeah? What do you do? I go to a coffee shop. (laughs) I want to go see my friends. All right. Yeah. There's a beauty of like, I mean, even if I don't know them, being able to meet your local people is really great. All right. So then, then that brings me perfectly to my next question, which is how do I pick a coffee shop? Is it just really being the people because it's going to be good coffee anyway, or is there a secret to, there must be a secret website. (laughs) Do we, can we get the access to that website? (laughs) What is it? How do you choose your coffee shop so that you know that you're going to get a good cup of coffee? I will (laughs) try every coffee shop. I have a list going with my boyfriend where any city we go to, we always have a list of coffee shops. Uh-huh. Um, specifically for Los Angeles, uh, I go back to the coffee shop that made me feel the most welcomed, the most loved. Even if it's a, I'd rather have a bad cup of coffee from really good people. Yeah. Wow. Obviously, I want a good cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. You prefer. And I'm sure your listeners do too. Well, I hope so. Um, but you don't want it from evil people. <laughs> I wouldn't say evil. No, I know. But, you know, there's this coffee shop in Highland Park, Kindness and Mischief, and they're just some of the most, I'm a little biased because they're my friends, but they're also just wonderful, warm people. It doesn't matter if it's the first time you've been in there or like the hundredth time they're still going to come up to you and hug you and say hi and how are you. Right. And so when you get that, that's what brings me back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever come back 
to a place where I've been like, oh, I remember that place because of the cup of coffee I got. I remember because of like who the barista was or how I was served or something like 100%. that. Yeah, that's huge. That is absolutely huge as service. Okay. Or if it was really bad. Then I just... will remember that too. I lie. <laughs> then it's like, oh, that's okay. Um, you know, but um, yeah, 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 I would say it definitely comes down to service atmosphere. Yeah. This is all great. So, but in the end, uh, a lot of people just want a good cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. So, if, if they walk into a place, is there any telltale sign other than the service that say, oh, maybe this is not the place for me. <laughs> maybe I need to go somewhere else for a good cup of coffee. I'm going to say cleanliness on this one. I think you can have as eclectic of style as you want in a coffee shop. I'm all about the mismatching Sofas. chairs and sofas and stuff like that and like your local <laughs> artists like I'm all about that but the reality is cleanliness should be a universal thing mm -hmm. um, condiment stations get dirty I don't I wouldn't say judge based off that especially in the middle of a rush it can be difficult for someone to get to um, but if you can see behind the bar it should be a clean working station alright well for instance I, I tend to when I walk into mm -hmm. a place I'll ask them well what beans are you using because that's important to me. I, I, at least I want to know what I'm drinking. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, is so if I were to walk in and ask that question of someone, and they told me some specific thing, should I run away in some cases? <laughs> or, or, or I mean, other than the service and the people, which is obviously very important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in the end, this is the final product that's going in. You know, the, the coffee in the cup, right? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it just kind of comes down to taste. You kind of just got to take a little bit of a gamble. Aha. Um, you know, and screaming milk. Mm, that's a good one. That's wait, a good oh, one. Wait, 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 wait. Screaming milk. What? Mm, what are you talking about? Um, so there's a way you're supposed to steam milk. Okay. And if you hear the milk kind of scream, uh -huh. like. Okay, can you you have to tell us. Help you have to make me. the sound. <laughs> oh, if it sounds like an airplane is landing yeah. or it's. But there's no airport there, around. <laughs> that's it. Okay, the best is like friends. In yeah. Central Perk, where it's like, yes, that is not actually what you want to hear. Oh yeah. no! Wait a second! All this these years, huge. <laughs> yeah, breaking news. Like, <laughs> like if you hear like a really low rumble yeah. or like a screeching sound, uh -huh. that's not a good sound. <laughs> All right. So it's just not supposed to sound like anything. What? Or it, so what milk is supposed to sound like is in the beginning of your steaming, it's supposed to sound like a paper tearing. Like a like a very soft hissing. Okay, and then you're not supposed to hear it. Whoa! How many times have we been doing a podcast at yeah. a shop and you hear? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah! Stuff. I mean, coffee shops are going to be loud, but that is one thing that should not be loud. Aha! Uh -huh. This is valuable information. <laughs> the only thing that should be really <laughs> making noise one. is the grinder. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Wow. Yeah. Now we know. So that's your telltale sign. All right. Thank you. That, that's, that's fantastic. That and the one from the health department. Those two things together. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a good screen. If right. you see like a dirty steam wand, like yeah. you see a steam wand and there's still milk on it. That's a, yeah, that's a bad one that's too. Not but that comes that's down it. to cleanliness. And you know what? That's yeah. like a combo of the two, like between the milk and the cleanliness. I mean, don't like go over and like be like, let me see your steam wand. <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. There's something don't, wrong don't with that question. Don't reach over and grab a cup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can, I can guarantee you. Haven't done it yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also like to, when I walk in, I, I look at other people's drinks. Kind of like when you're sitting at a restaurant, you can't decide what you're eating. Yeah. So you look at other people's food. It's the same thing. All right. If you saw some good lots art next to you would you assume that they'd been trained and that they knew what they were doing or is that something that you would just you could just do and figure out on bad coffee <laughs> we're gonna disagree on this oh go good for it. i'll let you go first all right <laughs> yes i think that latte art is a great 
way to see how someone has steamed their milk and how much they care to make it that beautiful. Uh-huh. It does not speak for taste, though. All right. Because okay. at the end of the day, like Tara had said earlier, it's about the espresso. So yes, if your milk is textured and it has latte art, then that's a great sign to start with. Okay. Order it. But at the end of the day, it's what it tastes like. I do agree that definitely it ends up coming down to the espresso, which is the core of the beverage. Yeah. Um, but I do think latte art can be a good sign. Absolutely. Because it did mean someone had to put in a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On an average, you say it takes about 50 hours worth of practice. To no become, kidding. Yeah, yeah. It takes a long time. So if someone can do latte art, they've put in the work somewhere. No one's just like naturally, well, maybe a few and far between, like yeah. are just naturally good at it. But so it shows dedication. Okay. It shows patience uh-huh. and it shows effort. But I agree. It is not a like end all be all sign that it's going to end up being good. But your chances are better yes. that you, yeah, it's going to be yeah. good. Yeah, it shows that someone put in the time. All That's right. what it's saying. Whoever's making that drink, put in the time somewhere along the line. When somebody serves me an espresso, should I be looking for how much crema is on, on top? No. Okay, what am I looking for in an espresso? Because mm. if it's the, the key ingredient to most totally. of my drinks. Absolutely. No look, only taste. Mm. Aha. The one thing I would say look though wise is yes. you should have a cleaned cup okay like in the you know sometimes there's splatters inside the cup that's yeah, normal sure um but it should be clean on the outside i hope so and you also shouldn't see a huge like decrease from where the espresso started to where it ended right like or where you're getting it served like you can tell it's sat for a while right. espresso should be served like very quickly Instantly. to the customer yeah mm. those are the only things i think look for but crema doesn't say too much okay Crema actually doesn't have any flavor. Yeah, it's okay. just effervescence. So when you go into a coffee shop, what drink do you have first to see if you like their coffee? I always get an Americano. Uh, it, it depends on what coffee shop. Okay. Well, let's start with the Americano. I'm going to come back to that okay. one because that's an interesting <laughs> answer. But uh, you get an Americano, which basically is espresso with water in it, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, why do you choose the Americano? I think it's a, very, it's a good safe choice, I think, because... You know, if the espresso is great, it'll still translate through with the hot water. Uh-huh. If it's not great, well, then I have a lot of hot water to kind of, and I maybe add some milk. So I kind of do it as like a, a good median point. All right. um, but if it's like a coffee shop where maybe I know the roaster, I know the barista, I trust their opinion. Yeah. Um, I'll go for like a pour over or yeah, just sometimes just an espresso. And then All every right. once in a while, it's fun to throw in, you know, some sort of specialty drink. All right. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Tell me how it depends on which coffee shop that you enter to decide which drink you think you should choose their coffee. Well, I think it, it depends on the coffee shop and also what I'm doing and where I'm going. Okay. So if I'm going to a, a specialty coffee shop and I'm I'm planning to sit there, I will order an espresso. I kind of I order a whole gamut of things. I order <laughs> espresso, drip, yeah, and a small milk beverage because oh. I want to try it in every. All right formula um but my to go yeah is an iced americano an iced americano why why is it iced um because i don't like to drink hot drinks to go <laughs> all right <laughs> it's a preference okay like i i try and i can't it's, <laughs> i have Do you to drink sit down. all of the three in entirety or are you just tasting them uh i drink all three yes. um i'm usually with someone. Okay. Um, so you're the person that walks in and flies out. <laughs> yes, I drink I drink a lot more coffee than I think both Kirsty and Tara combined. Okay, wow. All right. I can confirm that. Yeah. 
<laughs> it does nothing for me except taste good. Um, but if so, if I'm sitting and it's specialty and I'm, I I I want to try everything they have to offer again. A specialty drink as well. Um, I usually avoid espresso if it's not a specialty coffee shop. All right. To clear this up for the audience, because some people may not know, when you say a specialty coffee shop, that may confuse people. What does that exactly mean? There, there is no definition. Yeah, there's no there's definition. No definition. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what I would Great. say <laughs> is that themes, <laughs> themes of specialty coffee shop that you'll see, um, typically they have like a very kind of almost like linear kind of look to them. Like all the furniture is kind of the same look. It's usually like kind of one or two colors. Um, you'll see some similar espresso machines and typically where they're placed. Like if you see espresso machines in the front of the bar, that's typically a sign that they're going to be more of a specialty coffee shop because they really want to highlight that and they want the barista up front. Uh -huh. um, you know, specialty coffee, what technically defines technology, you know, specialty coffee is Arabica coffee that's scored 80 and above. Okay. So typically a specialty coffee shop is one that serves that specialty coffee. Okay. However, that doesn't mean they can't go back and forth. You can have a specialty coffee yeah. shop that maybe doesn't serve that type of coffee or vice versa. You can have that high quality of coffee and they're not serving it to that way. Right. Um, so really specialty coffee, both in regards to cafe and the coffee and even just the culture, um, there's nothing that clearly defines it. It's just like the common themes or, you know, where you see like those more intense baristas where, you know, they're, they're lifers <laughs> where they're dedicated to coffee. Yeah. Um, you do see latte art typically, things like that. And Equator uh, specializes in making specialty coffee, right? Correct. <laughs> we like to, yes. <laughs> and that means it's scored 80 and above. Why is it important uh, that a coffee scores higher. I mean, is it bad coffee? Anything below an 80? Is that automatically no, bad no, no. coffee? Mm -mm, mm -mm. Why does that matter to me, the consumer who just wants a good cup of coffee? It doesn't. Oh. It's just a score. It's kind of like wine. It's uh, the same thing. Like right. You can have a really good glass of wine. It doesn't have to be the top rated wine out there. Okay. You know, it's yeah. just about finding the right coffee for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's fair. I like that. All right, so then let's then get into the meat of this whole why we got together today, which is how we do this, all this amazing work that you've uh, talked about at home <laughs> without buying the espresso machine. Again, thanks for ruining my espresso machine <laughs> dreams. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was really excited about it too. Uh, I guess I'll just go to the palm more often. Uh, and, and this, I, speaking of the palm, I need to thank Joanna for this because this is all her idea uh, how to do this at home. Uh, so let's talk about first, I guess, the uh, most important part is we, we start with the beans. Mm -hmm. And Equator is, is an easy go-to, uh, obviously. You know you're going to get some good stuff. Uh, why should someone choose Equator? I mean, I understand why I would want an Equator when I go out to a coffee shop, but why would I want it at home? Just a very easy coffee to work with. Okay. Well, what makes it easy to work with? We, I think we definitely roast for sweetness a lot of the time. Like there's a, roasters have themes uh -huh. um, more or less. And so I think our roasting style is definitely roasting for sweetness. Okay. So that's what really translates for many people. Wow. So you can roast specifically for sweetness. I did not know that. Um, it's, I mean, you're always trying to get the sweetness out of a coffee sure. because it is, you know, it's a, the seed of a fruit. Um, but no, that's not across the board. Like our roaster every single time isn't like, you know, is this super sweet or not, right? right. We're, we're going to profile roast, so we are going to pick some coffees where we're like, you know what, in this one, we really, really want to roast to get that extremely bright grapefruit flavor. Okay. That's not sweet at all, okay. you know? Um, but I think that is what 
overall you'll get in our coffees, like a common theme is that they are very easy to work with. So you can do it not exactly how you're supposed to have done it, but you, it won't have big consequences. Like it'll still be a good cup of coffee. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Particularly the blends. Yeah. yeah. Right. And kind of coming back to like single right. origins are much more temperamental, but um, our blends are going to be pretty good. So what is it that you drink at home? When you get up in the morning before you mm. go to your favorite coffee shop. <laughs> what I think you- the... <laughs> water the true irony of the true joke about everybody in coffee is that once you work in the coffee industry people don't tell you that all you end up drinking a lot of the time is a lot of old coffee Uh so like i drink a lot of older coffee no kidding which like we consider older coffee past like two weeks or uh, like a month but i just take the coffee that nobody else you know like no one wanted or no one used or we didn't end up sampling out and i'm like okay sounds good yeah yeah, that's my irony. How's <laughs> that? The life of a, a coffee rat. I mean, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, or you just hope you go to a coffee shop and you know the barista. They're like, hey, I got some really good beans. I'll yeah. give you half a bag. You're like, yes, scored. I mean, I, I, in the morning, I love Central or Latin American coffees. Yeah. Um, nostalgic kind of coffees right. that are just, just chocolatey and nutty. Oh, yeah. Um, we're so familiar with our coffee and we obviously drink it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's always fun to to see what else is out there. And All right. Let's then talk about uh, what we're going to do here. So uh, I got a couple questions before the specifics of how to do that. Lots of people have these K-cup things. <laughs> or he's shaking her head. No. <laughs> is that uh, bad? Good? I mean, in general, I mean, it's convenience. A lot of people don't have time. We talked about this. Uh, they just want some coffee, some caffeine to get in and out. Is that something that they can still do that get that kind of convenience but not have to use the K-cup? And why is it not uh, the best mm-hmm. option to use a K-cup? I mean, if like if that's how you definitely choose to have your cup of coffee in the morning, totally fine. Okay. It's just that's something that I don't think you can say, regardless of whatever coffee you put in there, you're not going to get the same quality coffee out of it. All right. right? We're like maybe if we do a French press versus a Chemex versus a batch brew, right? All of that, you can have all the same type of coffee. You're going to get pretty good quality out of it. The K-cup, there's just... There's not enough time for the coffee and the water to really interact to uh-huh. do that. So yeah. that's what really is the science behind this is that how long those beans get with the water yes. is what's going to end up in your cup. And yes. so you're saying the K-cup, just not enough time. It's just too fast. It's so fast. Yeah, it's just too fast. It is convenient, though, I got to say. Oh, absolutely. If you need a little caffeine shot. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, button. don't get me wrong. I think it's a genius idea. It is. Right? I mean, Other than the fact that you that you can't recycle the – or some, That's some a dudes, huge part of but, it, uh, absolutely. But, uh, yes, I agree. Yeah. It is convenient. Yeah. Uh, so that's – that's one thing. And the other question before we get into the details is uh, the instant packs. Now, you know, we before we got away from all this instant coffee. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden I'm seeing all these packs of instant coffee coming back. But they say, well, this is this better coffee than the old instant coffee. Is that true? You know, these little packets. I you love know, instant I'm coffee. <laughs> yeah. right. Now, mm-hmm. wait a second. <laughs> I love instant coffee. Uh, you're funny, Ori. This is great. <laughs> Certain ones over others? Or yeah, yeah. I grew up with instant coffee because we're a Middle Eastern family and that's what we knew. Okay. And it was all very terrible. Um, and like you said, everybody was swaying away from instant coffee and by all means they should because it was awful. <laughs> but now we have the technology and the ability to make really great instant coffee. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, that also takes away from the K-cups, which is, again, bad for the earth. And now we have this option to put them in little capsules that are compostable and recyclable. And you get a really amazing cup of coffee with some hot water that took maybe a minute to So what is the up. difference? You say that there's the technology to do it. What does that technology do differently that makes that instant 
versus the old instant? That's a great question, Tara. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, this is great. our entire relationship. Uh, <laughs> it really is. Uh, so actually, it's a proprietary way in which they make it. Uh-huh. So a sudden uh, is who we have collaborated with. There's a few other brands out there, like voila, they're they're doing it too. I mean, the biggest difference is that traditional instant coffee is Robusta coffee. This coffee is Arabica coffee. Okay. So that's uh, a big difference right there. So the old stuff that we used to Senka, so to speak, <laughs> it was uh, the, the Robusta stuff. Yes. Robusta beans. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So is it as good when you use these new packets uh, as good as if you did your own brew uh, or pour over uh, coffee? Ah, so I would say it's good in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say if you had a just a batch brew of coffee and then a bat or like just a thing of instant coffee, yeah, I think you'd have to be a pretty trained palate to to really sense the difference between the okay. two. Okay, all right. Um, maybe the difference would mainly be in like the body, but not necessarily the flavor, because it is still coffee that's you know then been ground so fine that it like dissolves into the water. Okay, yeah. So for our audience sake, mm-hmm. uh, if you're in a hurry, you've got a couple minutes. The new instant coffees that uh, Equator happens to have as well are fantastic options. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. because you can do hot water, you can do cold water, and you can do milk. Oh, wow. Oh, you can dissolve it right in milk? Yeah. Without warming the milk? Mm-hmm. Wow, that is that is technology at its yeah. best. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I'm all about what is easy for people and what's accessible for people. Yeah. I think brewing a cup of coffee at home is the best way to go but if you need to run out the door or you're going camping or you're getting on an airplane you literally could use any liquid you want and and it be right there and it's going to taste fantastic this is fantastic i've never tried it before but now i'm going to go out and try it the palm sells I, them i got one at the palm did yeah you? it comes yeah. in like a vial did you try yeah it? did you try yeah it's uh-huh. really it was is it? good oh yeah. it was good and right. what is yeah. it the tube is compostable the top is. is recyclable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's fantastic so like when you're camping you just pop in the ground boop. Mm-hmm. that's genius. Mm-hmm. genius it feels cool that it's a vial too that you're i know yeah, you will get it. stopped yes. in security no kidding any coffee will get stopped oh well okay but especially in a vial like yeah Okay. Looks a little sketch. <laughs> but they're so Or a plastic bag, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that we know that we can do the instant, so if you're again, if you're in a hurry, you got the instant option, but I got a few more minutes at home. Totally. And I want to brew my own coffee. Uh, I own a uh, drip brewer, uh, which is essentially a small batch brewer. <laughs> uh, but there are many other options that uh, you you brought today. You brought the the uh, Chemex, which is mm-hmm. essentially is like a, a big old. Uh, uh, hourglass shaped uh, with you put a filter like in there Erlenmeyer flask there you go and you put a filter in there and you just pour some hot water over it and there's a little trick to it and stuff that, but it does seem a little more time consuming but let's talk about uh, with so many options out there first of all what are most people doing incorrectly at home with their coffees what is the main thing that people are like oh man if they just change this one thing they'd have amazing coffee Rushing the process. Rushing the process. All right. So uh, you can't go fast is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what method you're using. But if we're talking about the Chemex, I mean, it's not going to take any more than five minutes, maybe an extra minute for the water to heat up, but you can do something else while that's doing it. All right. Um, What I think people do is just kind of look at it as like a a brewer, just Mm -hmm. dump the water and out it goes. Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. You do need to give it that time. Okay. Um, trust the process as you will all right um of just being there with the coffee for the time that it needs it's usually three 
three and a half that you're there and then a minute for it to drip on its own. So it's just a, a little bit of extra time, but it's not uh, a lot, no. which is great because uh, most people, you know, they don't have time, uh, but they just want good coffee. Now, you also brought, uh, which again is your box of goodies, <laughs> you brought your own grinder. Most people don't carry their own grinder with get them. It, get it ground at a coffee shop. Get it ground at a coffee There's shop. There's nothing wrong with that. Should oh. they get their beans already pre-ground? Whatever is best for you. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a whole bean is better. Grind it before you make the coffee. Yeah. But nothing is wrong with ground coffee as long as you store it properly. Okay, and how should you store it so that you... It remains fresh. Dark and room temperature. Dark, room temperature. Oh, not room in the refrigerator. No, in the Absolutely not. That's nope. a, a lot of people do that. They put it in their freezer. Yeah. Oh, it'll last forever in the freezer. Nope. But it, nope. won't. <laughs> it, won't. it won't. It'll last forever yeah. for sure. It's going to taste <laughs> not awful. Not a good taste. <laughs> no. okay. Interesting. All right. Room temperature, dark. So like inside a pantry. Totally. Uh, Absolutely. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's, yeah. that's, that's where we keep yeah. our old coffee. And oftentimes you want to kind of have your old coffee. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's a, I know everyone's like, man, you must be exposed to great coffee all the time. Yeah. I'm like, I yeah. am. It's just, you know. It's just, just really we'll, we'll, old. We'll pass day. That's all right. That's well, especially right. since we but travel. that's because yeah. you guys get the fresh stuff. Uh-huh. We get yes. <laughs> we just did. Um, I would also say keep it in its bag yeah. because most bags have a one-way valve to get rid of any air. Oh, right, and per, or, sorry, prevent any air from going in and then releases the natural gases of them. So, so what you're saying is, is the bag, you know, open the bag, take what you need, close the bag up mm-hmm. and you will be fine. I mean, you could use the coffee bag that you have or an airtight container. You just don't want to, you don't want to expose it to yeah. more than just Like that. don't grind it and then put it in like a clear plastic container. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's just like sunlight could, you know what I mean? Easily yeah. expose yeah. to sunlight, things like that. All right. And then when I go buy the beans or when a person goes out and buy the beans, what, what should they look for? I would say a roast date of a month or less. So or two weeks, even better. Yeah. All right. So a roast yeah. date of a month or less or two weeks better. Uh, why? Coffee is a, it's a living thing. So a lot of the time people think coffee is like dried or roasted. So it's like dead. It's like uh, dried fruit, but it's actually not at all. Okay. So when you roast beans, you actually start to, they become more porous, right? They grow and they lose density and they just, they become technically porous. So they're literally breathing and changing in in size, we can't physically see it, but that's what's happening, which is why we don't want to store it in the fridge or the freezer because it absorbs those Ah. scents. Yeah, a lot of people think it's dried, it's now like rock solid, never gonna go bad. Actually the opposite because it's more like now it's like popcorn versus a kernel. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. I love that analogy. That's fantastic. One thing I do want to mention real oh, quick. Okay, please. Um, if someone were to buy coffee beans and they need it ground, yes. Um, I I would say I would suggest buying coffee that it's a whole bean and have your barista grind it for your specific mm-hmm. brewing method. Don't mm-hmm. just buy ground coffee. All right. Because you want the right grind for your method. Yeah. Okay, so so when you go buy it, you tell the barista, or I mean, in some cases you're at a grocery store, but it, whatever, you, you tell them what you're doing and then they'll be able to grind it the right size. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Why does that make a difference? I mean, isn't ground coffee just ground coffee? Nope, grind and ratio, yeah. Uh, how important is that and why? Huge, All right. everything. You can have all, you have the best tools, the best coffee, those two things are off, it's it's all downhill from You there. could end up with black water. 
Yes. Which but is that it comes down to You can to have the right execution. grind and just run a lot of water and yeah. rush the process too. So fair, fair, fair. So we need both of them. Because right? both right. Yeah. yeah. Yin and the yang, Yours I suppose. The time, right. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, no, definitely. So you gotta have the right grind to match it. So I think actually if we kinda like go through we can go into more detail. All about right, let's how do it. Yeah. Let's do it. You're gonna All do right. it, Ori? So what what tell us what, yeah. what the process is on how to make amazing coffee at home go. Great. <laughs> Are we hypothetically saying I can max? Yeah, yeah, go sure. ahead. Yeah. Um, I, step one, heat up your water. That's going to take the longest. All right. So coffee actually in a perfect, perfect world has very precise water, um, which is very difficult to achieve at home. Most okay. of the time, the only way to achieve it is like through these huge water filter systems, which is yeah. what you see. Like a stores. reverse osmosis That's kind of thing. precisely it, yes. Yeah. But it's not just zero water, which is distilled water, right. right? So you don't want distilled water and you don't want water directly from the tap. For the most part, the, like, the best thing you could do is either get um, like mineral water, uh-huh. like Arrowhead is good. That's like a pretty good in between one. All right. Um, or honestly, just like a Brita filters. But I mean, totally wait, mineral water or like spring? spring yeah, water? spring water. Oh, spring. Right. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. All right. So then, uh, but I guess in a sense, we're just drinking bean juice. Yes, coffee. coffee is 99, 90, uh, like anywhere from 98 to 99. 98, water. all right, so yeah, we're, yeah. So uh, water obviously is your most important ingredient, but what happens if you don't have access to uh, perfect water? Is that gonna make a huge difference? It's gonna make a difference in flavor, but if you don't have that access, then you don't have that access. Yeah. You right. can't ask somebody to have that access. All Maybe right. it's not. Don't give up yet. <laughs> I mean, I just, Go forward, make I think coffee. whatever you have, I think is fine. Okay. Like, yes, will it change the flavor profile? A hundred percent. But it doesn't mean you're going to have bad coffee. All right. You yeah. just might not have. Just different. We're talking dream situation. Okay. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> if someone can't go out and buy that water, uh-huh. then by no reason should they not try and make coffee at home. Okay. Yeah, is yeah. what I'm trying to say. All right. So we now we're heating up the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, is there a certain temperature we need to wait for or just does it matter? Yep. It's got to be between 195 to 205 degrees. Oh, man. Now it's getting complicated. I do 208 at home. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> well, because by the... <laughs> but I didn't know. No, I, I do 208 because by the time I get to it and by the time the water drops, it's already dropped three, four degrees. All right. So, but uh, for most people, they don't have gauges of temperature mm-hmm. and stuff. How do they know that they have hot enough water? Boil it and wait. Yep. Boil it seconds. and wait for 30, 30 seconds, seconds while it's boiling. Oh, that's not long enough. Yeah. No. So once you boil it, oh, stop it. Yeah. Uh, and just wait 30, 30 seconds. All right. That's a fantastic tip. All right. So mm-hmm. stop the boil, turn it off, wait 30 seconds. Then you got the hot water that you need. Yep. All right. Then what? Weighing out your coffee, yeah. whether that's on a scale, whether that's by tablespoons, just getting your coffee the right amount the right amount this, now this is a, an important step because mm-hmm. uh, if you don't put enough you're going to have weak coffee you put too much yep. you're going to have overly uh, mm-hmm. bitter coffee yeah so how does someone know what that amount is because the bag usually lies I don't know every time I read instructions <laughs> on the bag is kind of off yeah we typically say two tablespoons per six ounces Yep. So if you have um, you have a twelve ounce cup, that's four tablespoons. I have to admit that's actually a little strong for me. So I'll do probably three, um, and that's when it's ground, All right. not when it's whole. Okay. Now if you have whole bean, um, you you'd have to go a little bit higher on that one. Sure. 
Um, now, if you have scale, that's a big difference, which is typically what I recommend if anyone's looking to just like instantly up your coffee program, uh-huh. buy a scale. Okay. That's just a really instant. And they're they're what we do, relatively cheap. Yeah, yeah. And it, you just need to measure grams. That's it. All right. Mm-hmm. So we like to do ratios. Like you can do a 1 to 15, 1 to 16, 1 to 17 are pretty uh, common ratios. So, for example, I do like 20 grams in to 300 out. So a 1 to 15 ratio on my coffee. All right. Yeah. Um, and I do one to 17. All right. Yeah. And that's just a preference thing. How mm-hmm. much, how strong you like it, right? Yeah. And it also depends on the coffee, but I think that's the fun part. Mm-hmm. If you, yeah. if you want to brew coffee, like start one place and keep going until you find something that tastes good to you. It's like cooking uh, a meal. Exactly. You know, you can add a little extra salt or a little garlic or mm-hmm. a little this and you change the flavor profile of what you're eating. Definitely. I think brewing coffee or making coffee is more like baking because you do have those numbers. There's a science behind there, it. There is a science behind it, yeah. but it's a little bit more forgivable okay. than baking is. All right. All right. So we have hot water. We've, Forgiving, we've, we've weighed out our, or we've kind of measured how much coffee. What's next? Grinding. Yeah. The coffee that's been ground. Yeah. It's the appropriate grind type yeah. by your barista or at yeah. the grocery store. Yeah. Um, if not, then you're grinding as close to you, like as close as possible to when you're ready to brew. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah. You don't want to grind. If you're grinding at home fresh, you, you want to grind within 15 minutes. Okay. Of when you're actually ready to brew. But if, if all you have is just ground, ready to ground mm-hmm. and go, that's you okay. just, you go with it. Yeah. yeah totally. I mean, well, if we have guests at my, at my home, um, we'll ground the coffee the night before so we don't make that excess noise. Okay. It's eh, fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Mm-mm. It's what you have. And actually thinking about it, you said that depending on what system you're using to make coffee, how fine mm-hmm. or coarse it should be. But w- when you buy a bag that's already pre-ground, mm-hmm. uh, what, what do you do? <laughs> Most pre-ground coffee is at a medium grain because okay. that's what's needed for an at-home brewer. All right. So that's kind of the right in the middle standard okay. on that one. Um, but like, for example, if you have a French press, you need a very coarse grind. If you have Turkish coffee, Turkish coffee, excuse me, you need a very fine grind. Okay. Um, best suggestion is you could just look it up. Like what's the best grind type for my method of extraction or just follow the little pictures on the grinder, particularly at the grocery store. Okay. Right. Like they'll have little pictures of what it is. Oh, so that, that. yeah, that's convenient. Yeah, absolutely. Also, if you Google it, um, sometimes they'll give you like a description, like, um, grind it like sea salt. Okay. And I guess we may be getting a little too technical, but does it matter what kind of grinder you use? Yes. We most advise using a burr grinder versus like one with the blade. So burr grinders are great because you have the bean hopper on top yeah. and then beans go down due to gravity and yeah. get equal exposure to those burrs and then leave equally. So nothing's getting like overground or underground okay. versus a blade grinder yeah. that um, what happens is the ones that are closest to the blade get really fine and the ones yeah. that are further away get really coarse. And so you're going to get uneven particles, which ends up creating an unbalanced taste. Okay. So okay. Th- that's sometimes where you end up with very bitter coffee because it's too fine or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just you know doing drip or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. So then now we have the hot water. we got the beans ground. What's next? Making sure you have the right filter. Yeah. So most, um, a lot of filters or like pour over or brewing methods have a certain like patented or type of 
a filter that goes with it. So you have to use a Hario filter with a Hario pour over you. Okay. A chemic filter with All the right. chemics. Sure. Yeah, you can't just move. The Melitas are a little bit different. Right. Number fours are pretty universal. Yeah. Um, but you do have to make sure you have the right filter. If you don't, what happens if you don't have the right filter? Is, is it going to ruin your coffee? It's definitely going to influence the way in which the coffee and water interact. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, and it'll either speed up or slow down the process. Okay. Either one. And really, again, the secret of all this is how long that water and the coffee are together. Mm -hmm. That's a huge factor. All right. So then you've got the filter in there. Then what's next? And then we're talking again about the chemics. Yeah. So before you even make coffee, you want to uh, essentially take your hot water and wet the filter. Okay. And that heats up your chemics. All right. Um, and it also takes away the, the taste of the filter. Because there's some residue or something like that on each filter? Is that what the thing is? There's like the paper taste. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, like the taste of yeah. paper. Mm -hmm. Okay. The pa right. yeah. Get rid of that rinse water is what we call it. All it's right. whatever dripped down there. Okay. Um, and then you put your coffee. You want to make sure it's a level bed so that you're extracting it. So the grounds are nice and flat. Exactly. All right. Then we start the process of pouring. Uh, yeah. So the like pouring is very individualized okay. per person. Mm -hmm. um, and so some people pour fast, some people pour slower. That's where this type of kettle, a gooseneck kettle comes into play and is really helpful. So, um, I mean, a lot of people just use any type of like hot water vessel or like even a kettle for the stove. Yeah. But these ones are specifically created for pour overs for that control, right? Okay. So it's like, you're only gonna get a certain amount of water and no matter how much you lean it forward or back, there's always gonna be a consistent flow just going straight down. Oh, all right. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. that's what they're made for. All right. So you've even at the bed and now what you're gonna do if it's a pour over, yeah. is they're gonna do um, what's known as a bloom. And that's where you introduce a little bit of water Water, maybe like a fourth or an eighth of your total brew water. And okay. we can kind of talk about what determines that total brew water. Um, and you're going to get all of those grinds wet. And what it's going to do is it's going to start to bring out all of the oils and it physically looks as if it's blooming. Okay. Right. And uh -huh. so you're going to do that for the first like 30 seconds and then you'll let it wait another 30 seconds before the rest of your pouring. So and the rest of the pouring, how long should that usually take? Depends on the method and how much coffee it is. A French press is going to take a lot longer than a Chemex, which is going to take still longer than like a V60. And then also, of course, the ratio. So if you, you're making three or four batches in, in one brew, that's going to take a lot longer than yeah. one batch. So it, it doesn't seem complicated. It just takes that, the Chemex specifically, just probably will take a little practice to figure out what you like, how much water you're using. Or, I mean, we know we have ratios, but mm -hmm. it just takes a little practice on that. It then does, you get in yeah. the routine and it's... Almost probably the same amount of time. The same amount of time, four or five minutes, you're done. You've got yourself a, a great cup of coffee, right? Well, I mean, a French press should take four minutes. But yeah. You let right. that sit yeah. in there four minutes before you do the plunger mm -hmm. thing, right? And a Chemex should take four to five minutes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's really not that much of a difference. The only difference is a French press gives you four minutes to go get ready. Daha. <laughs> <laughs> because you do have to stay with your Chemex. Okay. Um, one thing about pouring um, for pour overs. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I like to bring this to the French press or the aero press as well. Go in, um, what's the word I'm looking Circular. for? Circular. Thank you. Oh, I, you just guys got, are I just good got team. back from out of town, so like my brain's a little. That's all right. Yeah. Um, Circular. Circular. <laughs> exactly. You want to go in circular motions from in to out, out uh -huh. to in. Okay. Um, so you're making sure that that water hits all of your coffee. All right. Okay, and so uh, that's the Chemex, but obviously you have to choose what's best for you. If you yeah. don't have a lot of time, you need those four minutes to be, get ready or whatever, get yourself a French press. Or, or an AeroPress. Or an AeroPress or a drip uh, machine. 
uh, if you have a couple extra minutes, four to five, uh, you get yourself uh, one of those Chemex things and, and uh, make yourself an amazing cup of coffee. And in the end, the goal of all this is to get the coffee that you would go to a coffee shop to get, typically. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, Chemexes are very easy, but I think if you're really new to this, and Tara, I, you might disagree with me, um, Kalita or V60 are yeah. very easy to use. Or even easier than this Chemex. Okay. I believe so. All right. They're, um, they're both pour overs. Um, they're doing the same job, just a little bit easier um, to handle. Okay. okay. And, and to boot, if you use equator beans, it gets easier. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Forgiving. <Yeah. laughs> Especially blind. Yeah. I would disagree with the V60. That's fair. Oh, wait. No, I knew you were going to. No, uh -oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -uh. I'd say a bee house dripper and a Kalita are easier because. Or the Gino dripper. Yeah, the Gino, because they have two, they have little small holes. Okay. So no matter how quickly or slowly you pour, yeah. particularly quickly, because people have a tendency to pour more quickly, yeah. is going to restrain the flow. Right. Versus a heart of V60, yeah, there's right. one big you're hole. Right. So if you pour really fast, it's just going to pour through and there's nothing to like slow She's it down. Right. All right. She's, She's right. right. She's, She's always right. She's always right. <laughs> I've heard that somewhere in a movie or something. Uh, so, all right, this is great information. I hope this was helpful for everybody. Uh, obviously, a lot of choices to uh, to select from, and we'll try to write up uh, all these choices that you guys just spewed out here. <laughs> because Sorry. No, it's great because uh, choices uh, give people opportunity to select what's best for them. So that's what it's the internet's for, right? So can we get all this good information, the step-by-step -step information somewhere to read or on the website? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we actually have it on our own website, equatorcoffees.com. Okay. Coffee is plural. All right. Um, and it's just under brew guides right on the homepage. All right. So, oh, and, and what can they get there? It's just a, it's literally a brew guide of a step-by-step -step instruction on how to do it. Yeah. We have a uh, step-by-step for Chemex, Aeropress, Clever, French Press, Kalita Wave, Hario V60. So pretty much anything we we mentioned. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So right there and it'll be simple for them. So if they have any other questions, they can go right to your website and, and get that information. Exactly. One Great. place to get it all. That's fantastic. Thanks guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, this has been super enlightening. <laughs> One big question is, is there, uh, can you have too much coffee? No. <laughs> the short answer <laughs> no, is no. I, I do. Uh, I, I, it's, it's a preference, whatever's good for you yeah. and your health. Yeah, you start to develop kidney stones, yeah. uh, heart problems. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> that is too much. Oh, that sounds like a medical question. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, maybe. <laughs> I think I think it's of course it's up to any it's up to a person and their health and, yeah. and what they need. Sure. Um, I probably drink too much coffee. Well, but you seem fine. Uh oh, <laughs> I spoke That's too soon. That's a loaded question. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Use uh, no, it. Mean it by way. Can I, I say one thing? Yes, by all means, say as many things as you like. Um, I just want to say that, like, whatever you have, yeah, to make coffee, you can make good coffee. All right. You don't need every single tool. Do they help? Yes. If they're accessible, great. If they're not, then then that's okay. There are ways to make great coffee without those tools. It's the MacGyver philosophy. Absolutely. You can, you can do exactly what you need. Well, you can do it very well. Yeah. Even with not all the tools. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Maybe buy. And, you know, whatever your situation is, whatever your morning looks like, do what's best for you. Uh -huh. And there are ways and... There are so many people you can ask. Right, the and, but but you've given us the valuable information of how to get the right uh, type of beans and the grind and the water, those things. If you can just put those things in whatever instrument you're using to make your coffee, 
you're going to be fine. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I mean, these are all, you know, relatively new things. Yes. I mean, up until five, six years ago, we weren't using scales. No. There's ways to do it and there's a way to do it beautifully. Sure. Um, it's just whatever you have. Miles, you don't use a scale, do you? Uh, I do when I'm using the Chemex because I, I want that like 15 to 1. I just do the whole thing on the scale. Right. That's fair. Yeah. But... But I've got it down. I just make one cup in the morning, and so I have it. I've noticed that it's approximately a quarter cup that works with Ooh. the size cup I have. So and, but you get before amazing I grind coffee. it, you get really good coffee out of it. Yeah, yeah, I would I hope think so. <laughs> I mean, we just went on a trip where we had a broken French press. We have no idea what the coffee was, uh-huh. and we were like, "Okay, we're going to make this work because this is yeah. what we have." Yeah. I mean, you just you use your tools. All right. Your brain, your fingers, your, yeah. you know, your phone. Some common sense, your phone. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, I had to do math and that. <laughs> the hammer. That yeah. was rough. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> sounds brutal. Uh, well, this has been very educational, uh, enlightening. I would say uh, you guys probably helped a lot of people make some amazing coffee at home. So thank you very much for being on the show. Thanks, yes, thanks so much. Uh, this has been a lot. And of, um, we're lot sorry, Joanna couldn't be part of this, uh, but she's fighting the, the cold. But I'm sure she'll be pleased with what the information that we gave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, again, thank you uh, guys. We appreciate it. And we, we hope you enjoyed this special edition of our podcast. And if you did and you got a tip or two out of it, uh, share this with a friend or two. And that's how our show grows. And it's thanks to listeners and subscribers like you that share this show that make a huge difference. And we really appreciate it, don't we, Miles? We sure do. All right. <laughs> and if you have a question or idea for our show, go to coffeecafepodcast.com. There you'll also find links to our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email, and we'll be posting some pictures, some information, some video, all the things about the, what we did on the show so that you can see what we were talking about. And thanks again to Tara and Ori for being on the show and to Joanna at the Palm Coffee Bar. And if you haven't been to the Palm, treat yourself. They make really good coffee, and I hear their beans are just as good. <laughs> um, so thanks again to everybody, and until next week, enjoy the brew. See you, Miles. Later, Jason.